never know where life will lead us or what may hinder us along the way. But while every day can feel like one big question mark, it doesn't have to. With the right insights, strategies, and solutions from Western and Southern Financial Group, together we can look ahead to leave the unknown behind. Ready to get into it? Yeah, yeah. All right, we're going team by team. I would be very careful by slinging stuff. Am I gonna get sued? We got legal on this. I like football, like football season, all the things that go with it. Mock draft time. Tuesday, March the seventh. Mike, we're back. We're going to do our mock draft. We are going to be live in the YouTube chat so you can uh, lambast our selections, give us uh, suggestions, or whatever it is you want to do. One more day before we get Steve back in his own podcast after an extended leave of absence. Um, so we're going to dive right into it. We're going to use PFF's mock draft simulator. If you go to pff.com forward slash uh, mock, right? Not draft. Correct, mock. But the actual link has got draft. That's confusing me. Um, you can do your own mock drafts to your heart content, or you can follow along if you want to do this as well. Um, before we get into it, though, just got to tell you about Western and Southern. The Western Southern Studio, the plaque on the wall, this entire process is due to them, is uh, down to their support. The PFF NFL podcast is sponsored by Western and Southern Financial Group. While you focus on your roster moves or your mock draft, Western and Southern helps advance your money moves. Buying your first home, planning to start a family, wondering how to make your money grow, Western and Southern's playbook of life insurance, investment, and retirement solutions helps you rest assured on game day. Team up to understand needs and address goals with a game plan built just for you. Get started at westernsouthern.com forward slash PFF. westernsouthern.com forward slash PFF. So, the people, they wanted a collaborative mock draft. They wanted us to be the war room for every one of these mm -hmm. teams. Um, we've decided we're going to do it like what we would do, not what we think these teams are going to do, because yep. God knows that could be anything at this point. Um, and we're going to have to do some trades because we can't have Chicago actually using the number one overall pick because there's just no way Correct. that happens. Correct. Yes. So we were debating that pre-show, who we should have move up to number one. Right. So the first order of business is who actually wants that number one overall pick. I had a quite a fancy trade worked out with uh, Carolina at nine. You can get quite the trade haul from Carolina jumping that far up. Yeah. But you have to wonder, does Carolina need to jump that far up? And does Chicago want to go back that far? And really, I think when you were thinking about it, Houston makes some sense to go from two to one, get back the pick yeah. that was rightfully theirs and they squandered, um, and just ensure they get their guy, right? Whoever, yes. Whatever happens from here on in, we're drafting the quarterback we want, and we're not screwing around with that. Indianapolis at four makes some sense, mm -hmm. depending on who it is they like, knowing that they would be jumping Houston and potentially taking the quarterback away from them. Um, I think Carolina does make some sense, but it kind of depends which quarterback they're interested in. Maybe the Raiders are desperate enough from seven, given their inactivity so far, yeah. given the fact that they got rid of Derek Carr fairly unceremoniously. That's probably it, though, right? Yeah, I could see the Titans at 11, too, um, because if they don't jump up to one, well, you're going to have to play against the guy 
who, you know, probably Bryce Young for the next decade. So, you know, it's either we get him or we're playing against him because he's going to go to the Houston Texans. Yeah. If, you don't. If, they, if they love a quarterback, mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense for those two reasons because yeah. you sort of, you're doubling the impact that it has. Not only are you getting that guy, but you're also keeping him away from either Indianapolis or Houston. Yeah. So I wrote a whole article actually about what the tr- what trades it would take, what value it would take from kind of each of these teams to get up to that number one overall pick based on historically what's been the surplus that you get when a quarterback's at the top of the draft. Right. The one thing is when you're the Houston Texans, uh, the one pick swaps don't usually give you as much mm-hmm. trade value. Um, so if you're the Chicago Bears, you know, just one pick because from the Texans perspective, it's you can argue – you're getting the guy you want anyway, Chicago. Why am I giving up all this picks to you when you're going to get the same guy? But I do think there's a lot of value for Chicago to get that same guy that they want at number one overall, especially after the Jalen Carter news. So to be still at pick two gives them a guy in Will Anderson that's a game-changing edge rusher, whereas if they move down to pick seven, nine, 11, you're far more of a crapshoot in the guy you're drafting. So for the Houston Texans to get that trade value, what I what I said was number two, number thirty three, and number one hundred four overall would kind of give them an eight point nine percent surplus. And the Jimmy Johnson trade value for the Indianapolis Colts, number four, number thirty five, number seventy nine, in addition to a twenty twenty four first and third. So you immediately see the price start to rise. Yeah, yeah. That gives you the kind of surplus value, twenty four point five percent surplus on the Jimmy Johnson trade chart. That's in line with historical trades up that we've seen. Las Vegas Raiders, it would take number seven, number 38, number 70, a 2024 first, a 2024 second. You're seeing why teams are maybe saying, in this deep quarterback class, I don't know if I have to get all the way up to number one, especially when that guy maybe is a mid, almost said, almost called him an M word, but is a very small, statured quarterback. Then if Carolina Panthers, number nine, number 61, 2024 first, and a 2025 first is what it's probably going to take to get up to number one overall to match that Jimmy Johnson trade value chart. That makes a lot of sense from the Bears' perspective to get those futures first. But if you're the Carolina Panthers saying, eh, I'm risking my franchise for this guy who may not get be healthy, or if it's C.J. Stroud, I may be able to get later on the draft. Well, uh, I think that's why I think the Texans of all those make the most sense. Yeah, and the only way it makes any sense for a team trading up and giving up that kind of cal- collateral is the quarterback, yes. right? So, you know, Houston have number 12 as well, but there's no – there's no way it makes any sense for them to ever deploy a trade that involves number 12 to get to one. So they have one and two because by definition, they would be doing that for a non-quarterback effectively, you mm-hmm. know, because they're already got sitting there at number two. You're kind of, it's a little bit of a mix because you're yes. taking the quarterback yeah. at one, but it, it just doesn't make the sense, right? I agree. Flip number two plus the second round or whatever you need to give up and then just get that done. And then yeah. you pick again with number 12 anyway. So who do you want? Who do we want to trade up? I think Houston makes the most sense, okay. but I think the Bears would want basically any other trade just yeah. because of the amount of the extra hall. collateral it's going to give you. Like mm-hmm. they, they want the haul for this. They want to yes. be able to have as much as humanly possible and Rebuild break that down around Justin Fields. Um, but the, the, like the best deal available or the, the most interested team might be Houston. Yeah, I, I think Houston. I, I go Houston. Let's go 233-104 for number one. Done. Have a go through, and we'll go Bryce Young number one. And, again, I, I just – I think Bryce Young's top quarterback in this draft. We've talked about this. It's just like he is head and shoulders. The fact that he looks, you know, like a child standing next to Anthony Richardson 
and people are still like, yeah, I want the child. Give me, yeah. you know, they stand next to each other. Yeah, give me the child. That that just tells you how good he is at the quarterback position. He is. You were saying you went back through his tape and just sort of reminded you how good he is. Yeah. Which I think is going to happen every time. Like you're going to – every now and again you're going to be like, can this really work? Let's go back and figure out why it's not going to function at the next level because he's so small. Yeah. And it just it, – it does. It works. He's good. He's really good. Yeah. Like his anticipation is so far off the charts – that's the kind of thing that buys you an awful lot of wiggle room yeah. by it, not being able to see it. It's just it like the speed with which he sees stuff, no matter what it is, whether it's pressure, whether it's uh, you know guys coming open, whether it's on the move, um, juking defenders. Uh, he, he just – different level. Different level. They, uh, I, I think it was during the broadcast. It might have been Jeremiah saying that, um, that there are a bunch of plays where – he sort of thinks that he might not actually be able to see, but is so good as at anticipating where everyone's going to be. He just puts the ball in the air blind and yeah. sort of knows that it's going to get there at the right time in the right place, which if it's true, is kind of <laughs> phenomenal. Um, and from his tape, I can kind of buy that. There's a bunch of these plays where the anticipation he's throwing it with are so insane that it's he not could like... have seen it. Yeah. Right, well, <laughs> it, yeah, there's nothing to see at that point. Yeah. You're just sort of plotting out where the things are going to end up and putting the ball in the air. Mm-hmm. All right, so Chicago on the, the clock will pick two. They're drafting Will Anderson. Will Anderson at this point. When we were saying it's close between Jalen Carter and Will Anderson, I have Carter ahead just on field, but you're not in your right mind drafting Jalen Carter, even if he gets completely exonerated at this point of all charges. Would, they, would there be teams interested in trading to two? So could they <sighs> trade down now, twice? That they keep going? Um, that, that would, uh, if I was the bears, that's the thing. You don't have to stop, right? right? You don't have to. And that was kind of what we said with, um, with the Panthers. It's like, I don't think they want to give up that much, but if you're the bears now, you already kind of got some icing on the cake. You already just got a second mm-hmm. and a fourth. Why not keep going? So I, I do think there is some juice to that. I, Cause I think it's either two or three. If you're the Carolina Panthers that's that you're thing. looking yeah. to move up somebody. To. So obviously Bryce Young's off the board, but mm-hmm. if, it's such a strange quarterback class where all these guys are radically different. And I think there are going to be some very different evaluations about them all. There are going to be teams that don't like Bryce Young's size yeah. and will gravitate to the more prototypical size guys. And, okay, Bryce Young's gone. One quarterback's off the board. But if you're Carolina or the Raiders and you love a guy, you still need to jump Indianapolis to make that happen. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at two or three to, to make that trade. So I think the Bears should definitely be fielding calls at number two. But I think it then makes more sense once Will Anderson's off the board at number three. Sure. So I think we go Will Anderson here, and then Arizona Cardinals is probably who would want to trade back then because it's like there's no, you know, are we yeah. going to take Tyree Wilson here? Right. I, I don't – that's not as much as uh, – nowhere near as much as like that pick's nowhere near as valuable drafting Tyree Wilson as it would be to the Panthers drafting C.J. Stroud. So the Raiders, the Panthers, or the Titans, which team is going to jump up to get ahead of Indianapolis? Let's go Panthers. I Panthers. Like Panthers there. Who are they picking? Panthers going CJ Stroud. Mm. Yeah. This is what we would do? Yeah. I wouldn't pick CJ Stroud here. You wouldn't pick CJ Stroud there? I don't like CJ Stroud. Well, then we, who are we taking about number three if we're moving up? I, either of the other two guys. <laughs> <laughs> I just, man, I don't, I have so many concerns about Stroud's tape okay. up until the Georgia game. And then the Georgia game answered all of them, and I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. I I, I do like Stroud. I mean, I really like this quarterback class. I like all these guys in the right situation 
to me, that's the right situation for him. Either it's a good spot. There or Las Vegas is where I would want to see C.J. Stroud land. So if you want to see the Raiders move up here or the Panthers, but I just I don't think you would sit at number three if you're the Arizona Cardinals here. No, you're certainly going to be looking to get out. Well, let's mm-hmm. let's go with let's do the Carolina thing. Okay. So what do they need to give up to make that happen? Carolina Panthers to do it at this point. Number nine. Again, not going to be nearly as much. Probably 39 and a f- future two. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so two, number nine and two twos. Two second round and the nine to get up to three. number three overall. Offer it. Done. Boom. Accepted. Resume draft. Draft a player. CJ. Grabbing CJ Stroud. All right. So, Bryce Young, Will Anderson, CJ Stroud. That's our top three. And now the Colts are picking at number four. Here's the interesting one. Yeah, so Levis or Richardson. This is where I, I like Richardson. I have them close enough on the board that I think, again, fit where your landing matters with Shane Steich and what he did with Jalen Hurts. Give him just give him the, rush, the rushing threat in that offense. Like, give him that. Now, Levis can run. He ain't running like Richardson. No. You know? <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't close. So we saw how creative he was in that running game with Philadelphia – that it can just be put on, you know, steroids with a guy like Anthony Richardson at the helm. Yeah, I, I, I mean, we talked about it a bit yesterday. I, I think Richardson's floor is actually really high. And for a team like mm-hmm. the Colts, who should have been better than they were, maybe can rebuild quite quickly. But if they can't, they kind of need a guy that can prop them up for a little bit and do stuff on his own and, and sort yeah. of survive. Like, Levis feels like he does need some more help. I mean... If nothing else, his tape over the last two years kind of shows how dependent he is on some kind of help. Yeah. Right? Like, right. <laughs> by definition, this yeah. is not a guy that's going to come in and like drag a bunch of guys that stink yeah. to somewhere that they shouldn't be. Whereas Richardson might be able to do that mm-hmm. just by coming in and surviving through his own athleticism and figuring it out with some explosive plays and stuff. Like, him dropped into the situation that buried Matt Ryan might actually work out okay. Yes, I, I agree. I, I, We'll go Tony. All right. I like that. Anthony Richardson at four. So we've got Bryce Young, Will Anderson, CJ Stroud to the Panthers at three, Anthony Richardson to the Colts at four, which brings up Seattle, who are now presumably not in the quarterback market, having mm-hmm. locked up Geno Smith to, what, a three-year, $105 million yeah. deal, something like that. Now, I will say, if there's a head coach GM that has bought themselves enough goodwill with the public to draft someone like Jalen Carter, it would be the Seattle Seahawks with Josh Schneider and Pete Carroll. To just be like, hey, right. we talked to him. I trust him. We're going to get him in here. He's going to be a good guy. You know, like, they could do that. I-, I could see Seattle, if that's the case, come draft day, if he's on the board there. And obviously not going to predict what's going to happen over the next month and a half with Carter's legal situation. But it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a spot where I could see it happening. I'll just say yeah, I mean, I think they're also like as much as it's as much as I just said they're out of the quarterback market with Geno Smith. It wouldn't be insane, mm-hmm. you know. Like the Geno Smith thing is structured in such a way they can kind of get away from it after a couple of years. It's about the right idea for them. Um, it wouldn't be nuts. To wouldn't sort of be draft is particularly a guy like Levis who might actually need 
like we're all talking about Richardson as or a lot of people talk about Richardson as the guy that needs to sit for a year. Mm-hmm. Levis might actually be the one that needs help. a little bit of time yeah. before he becomes a starter, and that would be to have that in Seattle. Alternatively, you basically have your pick of any of the top players at any other position, effectively. Mm-hmm. So whether you're the guy that says this is time for Jalen Carter or whether you want the top corner off the board, the top wide receiver, whatever. Like, you can you can get whatever you want at this point. <clears throat> I'm honestly of the opinion I would, I'd go Jalen Carter here. What do you think? <sighs> I mean, he's obviously worth it from a just a player point of view. Mm-hmm. The question is how you feel about his character now, ironically. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Because it's a strange mix of like, okay, this is a very bad thing he is apparently said to have done. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, it is sort of, it's immaturity rather than malice, I would yes, say. Right? Yeah, it was a dumb thing. Right. Me. Whereas the things that were being used to counter the original uh, Todd McShay report of character concerns, blah, 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 stuff like he paid for some lineman's lunch, you know, every day out of his own college fund, that kind of thing. Like, he might actually be a very nice guy, just immature as hell, and apparently yeah. that resulted in the death of a couple of people or was involved in, uh, contributed to the death of a couple of people if he was involved in this racing thing. Um, like, if you're Seattle and you're like, we like, we think the kid is good, mm-hmm. we just need to make sure he stays on the straight and narrow, yeah. that probably is a pretty good organization. Well, that's why I'm saying that's a good organization in terms of, like, the goodwill they've built up over the past decade. Right. So, I, I think we do it. I okay. John Carter. Let's do it. Jalen yeah. Carter, John Carter, number then. five. Stops his slide. Mm-hmm. Um, Detroit Lions, number six. There's one answer for me for the Detroit Lions at number six, and it's Devin Witherspoon. And I will not hear otherwise unless you have a strong counterargument. You're that convinced that he's uh, cornerback one, despite you know Christian Gonzalez having a great combine. He, he's just he's a Dan Campbell corner. You know, <laughs> he fits there. Like you watch him play the game, and it's just like he fits the ethos they're trying to build up. And the best press corner in this class, at least on tape. Now he doesn't have a prototypical press traits, but that's not always, you know, it's not the biggest deal in the world. You know, Jeffrey Okuda had prototypical press traits, and we've obviously seen kind of how that's worked out. So I just think, I just think the, the player is someone they'll want. And uh, truthfully, I want to see. I want to see him, you know, go to one of the press heaviest defenses in the NFL and, and get that chance. So – I like him a lot, and I don't think there's another – I just don't think there's, like, a true can't-misser at this point that you're passing up on if you draft with us. Yeah, I mean, a lot, <clears throat> a lot of people are going to point to edge rusher Tyree Wilson. That that seems to be continually linked with Detroit, even though I don't quite understand it. Um, I think cornerback is a much bigger need for them. And at number six, you get to pick who you think is the best one. Mm-hmm. I kind of agree with you. I think that Dan Campbell would definitely gravitate to Devin Witherspoon's tape. So, we do that. Let's do it. Definitely spin. Number seven, Raiders. And Levis is on the clock. That, that, that one feels like, right? Slam dunk? If, if he's going to want Tim Tebow, and now it's <laughs> over a decade ago. But what if I told you this was Tim Tebow that had a cannon for an arm? Uh-huh. Was that something you'd be interested in, Josh McDaniels? Does, yeah. It does sound a lot like <laughs> the kind of thing Josh McDaniels would it like. It sounds like something he'd like. Yeah. And the thing is, that situation is actually pretty good. Like, the Raiders, their offensive line really rebuilt itself sort of during the season last year. Like Jimmy they, Luminar. 
they fell down to 31st, something like that, in, in the rankings over the course of the year early on, and then climbed all the way up to borderline top 10 by the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Illuminor at right tackle played really well. I would bring him back immediately. I wouldn't even let him test free agency if I'm the Raiders. Dylan Parham was bounced around all the interior positions, I think played reasonably well in certain spots. Like, that line could could get pretty good quickly. The wide receiver, obviously, when you bring in um, Devontae Adams is incredible. The rest of them were all hurt. Like, if that group yeah. gets back healthy, it's actually a pretty good group. Mm-hmm. I, I I think it's a good fit. I think that's where – that's ideal. One of the ideal fits for Levis, too. Yeah. Right. right. Bullet. So, Levis done. Now the Atlanta Falcons are on the clock, number eight. Whew, this one's interesting. I think this is where you go, Tyree. They've just been Tyree Wilson. They, they've just been so desperate for a pass rusher. Yeah. Of any sort. Any impact outside of grade defensive you know? lineman. I mean, any anybody on defense makes sense for them, but yeah. it does make more sense, I think, to grab an impact defensive lineman that can mm-hmm. try and do something basically by himself than it does to add a corner who, you know, one guy, even if he's locked down, is not going to completely transform your defense for yeah. the rest of it stinks. Um, yeah, Wilson's there. Who else would make some kind of sense? Like, I'd be curious. Peter Skronsky is their kind of offensive lineman. If they don't get re-signed Caleb McGarry, it would make a lot of sense for them to draft a guy like Peter Skronsky. Put him at right tackle? Yeah, put him at right um, tackle. Kalijah Kansi is a guy that's starting to be talked about in the top ten. Mm-hmm. They have Grady uh, – that's, that's a small DT duo. <laughs> yes, that's the thing. He's more of a sort of successor to Grady yeah. Jarrett than yeah. he is a, a compliment to him. So that mm-hmm. might not make some sense. Um, Lucas Van Ness, the Iowa defensive end, Brian Branch, the safety from Alabama. Like, you're kind of, there aren't a ton of options here for Atlanta. I think Tyree Wilson does make the most sense for them. All right, let's go, Tyree Wilson. All right, one more pick, Boom. and then we've uh, rounded out our, no, two more two picks, more picks. we rounded out the top 10. Arizona, here's where they're actually on the clock, having traded down from number three. Arizona can legitimately go anywhere, right? Like, they're just – there's not a spot – except for linebacker. <laughs> Please right. don't draft any more again. linebackers. Don't right? do it again. Don't do it again. Um, so, it's just BPA. Who do, you, who do you like the most at this point in the draft is where I'd ride um, if I'm the Arizona Cardinals. I really think that secondary needs help, a yeah. lot of help. Like Christian, would, Christian Gonzalez would make it. I would be looking at Gonzalez. I would be looking at Kalijah Kansi as well for the defensive front that that's in bad need of help as well. Mm-hmm. Those would be the two spots that I'd be looking at. Okay. But let's go with Christian Gonzalez. He, he's just – he's damn good. Yeah. Great athlete. Something they're missing in that Okay. Sector. Christian Gonzalez, Arizona Cardinals, number nine. Pick number 10, the Philadelphia Eagles. The Super Bowl mm-hmm. losing Philadelphia Eagles picking inside the top 10 thanks to future-proofing their, uh, their draft approach. Man, this is like, what a luxury pick. I know. The, the fact that you could just get Jackson, Smith, and Jigba here to round out a wide receiver trio that would be out of this world. Um, you could get a Kalijah Kansi here to basically kind of ease the transition from the last era of that defensive line with Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, who are probably, you know, Graham may be retiring, Cox may be on his way out here soon, that that gives you another guy to just keep that strength a strength um, and obviously something that they wouldn't mind they've already, they've always not given a darn about you know smaller linemen so mm-hmm. I, I, I think love, one of those two I love the Kalijah Kansi fit here okay. I think this is a perfect match like it's yeah. I think it's about where you should go in the draft mm-hmm. um, and I think it's 
I'm not sure I could put him on a team that I would prefer to see him on more than the Eagles. Like, okay, let's he do it. He can then. come in. They're presumably going to let Javon Hargrave walk in free agency because of the cost. Uh, I don't think he's like a like for light replacement for Hargrave, but he can be the guy that Milton Williams was supposed to be for them. Mm-hmm. Like this actual undersized impact pass don't rushing. Sleep on Milton Williams. He could have a breakout year. He could be. This is year three. This is year three. This is year. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I think Clancy coming in. Yeah. Let's do it. Just I, makes perfect sense. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. All right. So. Let's uh, let's do the reset, Mike. Okay, top ten reset. It. I think that's what they call it in the uh, if you are professional, as mm-hmm. opposed to whatever we are. Number one, Bryce Young, Houston Texans trade up to number one with the uh, Chicago Bears. They grab their quarterback. They grab the number one player on the board and the number one quarterback according to PFF. Pick number two, Chicago Bears fielded some calls in the end, decided to stay at number two, draft Will Anderson, the edge rusher from Alabama, the best defensive player in the draft. Number three. Carolina, trade up, jump the Indianapolis Colts, get to the number three spot, draft their quarterback, C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. Number four, the Indianapolis Colts sit there and grab Anthony Richardson, super freak quarterback from Florida. Number five, the Seattle Seahawks grab Jalen Carter, arguably the best defensive player in the draft, only now with some legal issues. Uh, They grab him, stop that slide. Number six, Detroit Lions grab a cornerback, Devin Witherspoon from Illinois. Number seven, the Raiders didn't have to move and still came out of this with a quarterback, Will Levis from Kentucky. Number eight, the Falcons draft Tyree Wilson, the giant edge rusher from Texas Tech. Number nine, Arizona Cardinals, when they traded back, Christian Gonzalez from Oregon. And number 10, the Philadelphia Eagles grab an in-state product, Kalijah Kansi, an undersized defensive tackle from Pittsburgh, which worked out pretty well the last time. So they all, they, Every single one's hit so far. Every single... Interior, that's two. This will be two for two. Yeah. Okay. Although there was Jalen Twyman, but he was a little bit bigger. <laughs> All right. So Tennessee up number 11 now. Yes. What do they do? Because we, so we did our, you know, fixing every team series. And I think the Titans were one of two or three teams where we looked at Can't the team. Can't fix them? Well, we looked at the team <laughs> and decided the way to fix is to blow it up. Yes. Like that's the approach. There was only two or three teams who were like, there isn't any fixing this without you know, taking the thing down to the bare bones and starting over. Like, yeah, they, they were one of those teams. They had a weird, just few years in free agency where they gave out some big deals and then didn't resign their own guys. They've had a odd couple years and sort of precipitous fall from being a one seed only a, a year yeah. ago. I mean, they've made, they've just, you know, people have been fired over this already, mm-hmm. but they are reaping the the rewards of a few very bad personnel decisions like the decision to not pay aj brown trade him away replace him with um Traylon yeah Traylon burks the robert woods thing robert Robert woods Woods already isn't there yeah burks injured and a hell of an ask for a rookie like that's and obviously everything aj brown did like Mm -hmm. that's just about as bad as it gets they handed an absolute ton of money to Bud Dupree and Harold Landry. Landry got injured almost immediately. Bud Dupree just was never going to be worth it and has been injured. He's already gone. Like, these are several of the worst decisions you can make, and now it's all coming back to haunt. And then Taylor Lewan getting hurt. Obviously, you thought he was going to be far future plans. Not anymore. That's what, they're, they're in a good spot in this draft. Pick all, any offensive lineman. I think Paris Johnson, Peter Skaronsky, you take your medicine, you get a guy you know is going to be solid. If that, I, I would lean Pierce Gronsky just because you know, like the certainty with which you know he's probably going to be a good player, even if it is at guard. 
is probably where I'd lean. That's the thing for them. Like they have an offensive line that's so bad that if a guy needs to go in a different position, as long as he's still good, you're fine. Mm -hmm. Like if Skoronsky isn't a tackle, you know, you give him a chance to fail a tackle, he fails a tackle, you move him into guard, but he's good at guard, that still helps. Whereas if you goof on a tackle and he's only a tackle, now you're just – then you just wasted a pick. Mm-hmm. You've at least got some kind of contingency here that if he fails at one position, he can still help at another yeah. that you so. still need. All right, should we go Skronsky then? Okay. Let's go Skronsky. All right. Texans back on the clock after getting Bryce Young, young number one overall. So how do you treat this pick if you're Houston? Because teams have this tendency. You know, if you've got multiple first-round picks, I think, to treat it kind of like house money. Mm-hmm. and essentially behave differently with that pick than you would if it was your only pick, right? Take more of a gamble. And I, I feel like I would do this too. Like I've thought before, like last year when Detroit had two, you're like, well, you know, why not take a gamble on the quarterback? What the hell? You've yeah. already used a first-round pick. It's mm-hmm. free money. So I, I, I think I would behave exactly the same way, but I'm also pretty sure it's bad process. <laughs> Just swing for the fences? Yeah. Ooh, what's the fence swing here in your eyes? Ah. <laughs> uh... To me, Quinn Johnston's the fence swing here that I probably would, yeah. If I'm them, you got Bryce Young. Give me the freakiest wide receiver in this year's class, and just let's see if it works. It probably know? is. Like I'm, I'm a lot lower on Quinton Johnston than you, but I also 100% see the argument that he brings things to the table that these other guys don't. Yeah. I also think there's an argument in a different way that Jackson Smith and Jigba can be that. Like he's being talked about as this sort of slot only guy. Mm-hmm. Maybe he becomes a sort of you know, what we're talking about with Garrett Wilson, we can play inside and outside, doesn't have to come off the field. But, like, what if he can actually be a legit X receiver as well with that footwork, with that change yeah. of direction? Like, if he can be that, he's the number one receiver in this draft. The only thing that would give me pause uh, from the Texans' perspective is I kind of just drafted that guy in the second round last year in John Mechie, that you want to be that – that's, like, similar stylistically. Right. Right, that if you're playing a slot receiver, Mechie's probably your slot receiver in an offense. So you're a little redundancy, like – and then you have no – you still have no – obviously you drafted Nico Collins hoping he'd be like your ex guy, but you have no one to fill that role that you know can do that, mm-hmm. which is why I would lean a little more towards Quinn Johnson. But, I mean, JSN's one of the safest picks in this draft. I don't yeah. think wrong with him. He, he 100% is, but I also think the, sort of, I think the ceiling for him is being underplayed a little mm-hmm. bit. Because no, I agree. everybody's sort of focusing on just how safe the yeah. safe parts are uh-huh. but without sort of saying – well, hang on, we're, we're just assuming he can't do this stuff. What if he can? We haven't really seen it yet, but exactly, yeah. but if he can, that like completely transforms his value yeah. and yeah. how high you would take him and what his ceiling is, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm kind of with you. I think Quentin Johnson would be the right. swing for the fences pick. Let's go, QJ. Let's do it. Number pick 13. 13. Do New we York tra- trade this to the Packers for Aaron Rodgers after the, the hot talks? Right. Of the day. Probably. I think we certainly did that with uh, in our fixing the series <laughs> thing. So, I guess for consistency's sake, we should say that's happening. Because there's they're doing something, right? They're not just sitting at pick 13 and rolling in with Jimmy G next year, I don't think. right? They're trying to do something, whether it's if well, they yeah. go into the draft using that to go up and get one of these QBs or – I don't think they're just rolling in again with Jimmy G, draft a right tackle here, see There's, how it works out. It's like, no, you got to make some plays because this roster's too good to just say, oh, let's let's see. 
I think they're certainly trying to do that. Okay. Like if they were if they were happy just getting a capable starting quarterback and going into next year, they probably would have signed Derek Carr. Yeah. And I know that you know there were reports that they <laughs> they sold him all kinds of crap in terms of oh, you'll be a Hall of Famer if you come to the Jets. It's like sure, but they didn't didn't do it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like let's try and keep Derek Carr on side in case we need him later mm-hmm. on. But that argument does apply to Aaron Rodgers, though. Hey, you'll be a Hall of Famer if you come to the Jets, Aaron Rodgers. Uh huh. That's true. That one does work. So, so we, so we okay. do that trade. Let's do that. Let's Aaron Rodgers is going to the New York Jets. Okay. It's going to take pick number thirteen. It's That's probably going to it. take something else. We'll just do that. That'll just do that for, for, for ease's sake. Force the trade. So the Jets are now, or the Packers rather are now on the clock with pick number thirteen mm. and fifty in a couple yeah. of picks. So what are they doing? I think they would love a Lucas Van Ness. They would love a um Miles Murphy. But I think they'd also love maybe a Jackson Smith and Jigba. They really wanted that when they drafted Amari Rodgers. They still don't have that, like the slot that actually can block, the slot that's reliable. I, and, again, if you're drafting at 13 versus 15, Jackson Smith and Jigba is the guy that the Patriots are 100% going to be in the mix. <laughs> you know, like, right? That's Right. That feels like the comp for him in the draft guide is Julian Edelman. Oh, so Can I let – just, let me just pitch you a scenario for a moment. Okay. You trade away Aaron Rodgers. You're now left with two first-round picks. Using both on wide receivers. Well, not not necessarily wide first receivers. Time. But what if I came out? What if we came out of the next two picks with Jackson Smith and Jigba, and then Dalton Kincaid? And all of a sudden, Jordan Love just has an array Let's of weaponry. We have to do it in okay. a way Aaron Rodgers has not had for years. Yeah, I'm doing it. Jackson and Jigba, thirteen. Okay, picks. Patriots. What do they do now that they've been foiled at fourteen? I think they would love Brian Branch. He's like their kind of football player the Alabama safety. I think they'd also love Joey Porter, press man corner. So Porter is the interesting thing for them because like, he's the guy that would have fit in that defense a couple of years ago when mm-hmm. they were doing all the man coverage. Yeah. Like, do they still want to do that and just didn't have the horses for it last year? Or have they moved away from that the kind of the way the rest of the league has as well? I think they still want to do that. They just had five, nine. Yeah. You know, corners playing outside last year. Right. So. Okay. So Joey's, Joey Porter Jr., the best sort of pure man, press, press, co- press yeah. man corner in this draft. And then Dalton Kincaid for the Packers at 15. Love it. What a, Like, all of a sudden, you look at that group of receivers for the Packers, if that happened, and you've got um, the Christian two Watson. guys we just drafted. You've got the guys that they drafted a year ago. Romo Dobbs. Each of whom showed something. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there was something to the Romeo Dobbs hype preseason, et cetera. It was just, it got out of control, right? Yeah. But like, he can be a player. Well, he looked, for yeah, he looks solid. Um, like, that's a, that's a decent group. Okay, it's it. young and inexperienced as hell, mm-hmm. but when you, that can form a hell of a nucleus and a yeah. cheap one for a couple of years when you've got Jordan Love and try and figure out what he is. Mm-hmm. And you have the, you know, the added bonus of it being funny. Yeah. Which is obviously great. <laughs> All right, Washington at 16. I think they have to look O-line here. Yeah, I could see or that. Or corner. Corner makes a lot of sense. Their cornerback room was pretty rough. Mm-hmm. I could see offensive so, line as well. It's it's reaching the point where offensive line is getting to be valued. The value looks point. Good. Yeah. Um, so, the Paris Johnson, Deontay Banks is where my head would be at for either of these two picks, for this pick. Uh, yeah. I think, Anyone yeah. you like? Paris Johnson makes a lot of sense. I, I don't think they're bad. I agree. At offensive line. But I also think that – so Charles Leno 
is the type of player that fans hate because he's average. Yeah. And fans hate yeah. average tackles. Because average tackles, when they run up against elite players, get their ass kicked. Mm-hmm. And they don't get their ass kicked every play, but like enough that it's obvious in the game and drives people nuts. But there's like value to having an average offensive tackle, and it's probably all you really need. But they're always going to want to upgrade on that Exactly. Game. So, yeah, I could go with Paris Johnson. Okay. Let's do that. Let's do Paris Pick number Johnson. 16, Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State, giving Washington, in theory, an upgrade at left tackle. Mm-hmm. Steelers, 17. Some interesting names on the boards here, board here still for the Steelers. I, I like Nolan Smith, the fit there, because they obviously still use, like, three, four outside linebackers, mm-hmm. like true guys who drop and stuff. And, and Nolan Smith with his athleticism, that's like he's the perfect fit. They're the perfect guy for that. Um, I like Brian Branch just because he's a football player in, in defense that, the sec, especially their secondary, that kind of like they do a lot of different combo coverages that need smart, heady guys like a Brian Branch. They're another team that needs cornerbacks quite badly as well. And corner. So Deontay so Banks. Deontay Banks makes, makes a lot of sense well. for them. Um, they're like that cornerback room last year was rough and they're losing players to free agency they're mm-hmm. probably going to do some kind of backfill in free agency as well but like they they could really use drafting a guy all right which one do you want what's your i think banks makes the most sense okay. for that group just fills the need yeah. they feel like a team that would do that okay and um, he's, he's good i mean he's a heck of an athlete what what a, what a freak at the combine he was detroit lions number 18 their second pick their uh house money pick where are they going Looking at the board here. I don't know. I kind of like. What do you like? What if you added. So they're getting Jamison Williams back. Dude is amazing. Yes. Just in limited sample size. You watch him play, and it's mm-hmm. immediately obvious that he moves at a different rate than everybody else around him. So you've got. You're going to get Jamison Williams back, presumably takes a fairly significant role this year as their X outside speed threat, whatever. You've got a Monroe Brown. Um, what if you added a. Jordan Addison to that group. Oh. Like, I think he might be the number one receiver in the draft. I know his combine wasn't great. His combine was not great. But, he, great. but he is like a true outside wide receiver that just right. can win and it's on the not like It's not like we expected him to blow the combine away. Yeah. Like, I wasn't exactly surprised that the numbers weren't amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and it wasn't, again, to the degree where it's like, that guy can't succeed. Right. He can. So I, I, I like wide receiver. I like either him or Zay would be unique I mean, dudes I would to add to that mix. 100% take Addison ahead of Zay Okay, Flames. let's do it. So let's do that. So, uh, Tampa Bay, pick number 19. Um, <laughs> no quarterbacks available. Let's, let's mm-hmm. hope they've done something about that in free agency because either that or Kyle Trask has to be the guy. Uh, where are they going? I think they're going to cut Donovan Smith, right? I think his cap is such that yeah, it just doesn't make sense with that where that actually happened, only it didn't. So I think one of the two tackles at this point, Anton Harrison, Broderick Jones. I don't know if you have a favorite between the two, Eileen and Harrison, but Jones, is, they're both solid prospects. So Right. I'll, uh, I'm happy to uh, defer to your superior expertise in the offensive tackles. Let's go Anton Harrison. Let's go Anton Harrison. Plug straight in. Start at left tackle for them. Yep. Um, and I did, uh, now Seattle is back on the clock at number Seattle 20. back on the clock. They got Jalen Carter. Yeah. So maybe that was the house money pick. Yeah, I'd be intrigued by Lucas Van Ness here with <laughs> that. Because, I mean, like, it's still a need, right? You drafted Boye Mafe last year. Didn't see enough from him to really go to bat. But there's no one else 
the cross from him. There's no difference makers along that defensive line. So See, drafting Seattle two is, of them in one draft. Yeah. Seattle is such a weird team because nobody really knows exactly what they covet when it comes to defensive line. Mm-hmm. Like everyone knows their cornerback profile is, is like a walking prototype, right? <laughs> but what, what do they even value when it comes to defensive line? Because it's a weird collection of guys that they've targeted. That's the thing. They've, they've had no rhyme or reason to yeah. any of those guys. Whereas and the best they, one they found was Puna Ford. It was like five foot. Right, 11. who doesn't fit any <laughs> pro, like, yeah. profiles. Like, it, it, almost every corner they draft is the same from size, mm-hmm. like from a measurements and size point of view. And then the defensive line are like random size-wise, si- measurement size, pro- yeah. profile-wise. It's bizarre. So... I like either Van Ness uh, or even Miles Murphy. Are we collectively completely souring on a guy like Brian Brzee, who I'm not, you know, not that long ago was seen as like a really high pick, and then the closer we get, the more I think people look into it and dive into his tape and, and just generally evaluate. He seems to be sliding. I um, really like, I, I still like him. I, I, you go back and watch his North Carolina tape, and he was dominant in that game. He's in a role at Clemson that I didn't think a lot of like wasn't it was all more often than not kind of just like doing his job as a blitzer. And there's a blitz heavy scheme that's not letting him just go one on one. But I do think he didn't develop either. He, yeah. he looks a l- much like the same guy he was a freshman. And now he tore his ACL last year. Some of that's that, but that's more worrisome. It's you know you got to take your chance on the guy who's you know a freak athlete for sure for the defense tackle position. He. he he tested out incredibly well at the combine, but has not improved from when he was number one overall recruit versus a freak athlete in Lucas Van Ness, who's been ascending, and you see the improvement already. Um, so I think that's more the conversation that's going on with Brzee. It's like there's no doubt uh, the athletic tools are all there, but it's just why didn't it get better during his time at Clemson? The other thing I think they could really use is somebody that works the middle of the field from a pass-catching standpoint, you've mm-hmm. got Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. Those guys are both amazing receivers, but they're very outside. Outside folk. Like, Yes. We, I think people assume Tyler Lockett maybe plays more inside because of his size, but he really doesn't. No. So, And they, they don't have anybody that's threatening in that area at the moment. That, so I you're saying Michael Mayer? Maybe. Like, maybe Mayer, maybe um, you know a guy like Zay Flowers. Maybe this is a lot. pick that's more suited for the second round. Like, you yeah. end up getting one of those smaller guys that works the middle. That's how I would feel. Um, but it's definitely a need that they need to think about, I think, mm-hmm. in the first couple of rounds. I'm okay with, with Van Ness. I think right. that makes some sense. Let's go Luke's Van Ness. Boom. Miami forfeited pick number 21. So the real number 21 is the Los Angeles Chargers. It's got to be Zay, right? Zay Flowers, right? Zay Flowers. Gotta be, you just got to have some juice in that receiving core. They do. They need speed. They like, need speed from somewhere. I don't hate Michael Mayer here if that's eventually their pick because just he's another guy who can win. And I think his ball skills – or something that Herbert, at least with his play style to date, would target a bunch, would be useful in that offense. Like That offense, as it was crafted last year, Michael Mayer would have been perfect for it. Right. You know, like ideal. So TBD on how it will be set up this year, or if like some of that offense is more just like that's what Herbert's comfortable, that's what he likes to do rather than throw the ball down the football field. So TBD on how different it will be. But I also do know Mayer with Kellen Moore – and the emphasis on the run game, emphasis in tight as tight ends as blockers in the run game would make sense too. So here I like I like Zay or Mayer as the pick. I don't know if you had any other takes about who 
you would like to see? No, I mean, looking at their roster, it's tough to see a spot that would be an immediate kind of impact starter for them. I mean, Brian Brzee on the defensive line, they're still not done fixing that interior where it's just been a weakness for years now. Um, I think some of that is a feature yeah, rather than a bug. Like they're actually, they, they want to invite the run more than other teams, but you still need to be vaguely competent at stopping it once you've invited it. Yeah. So I know they, they brought in a couple of players last year to try and do that. They didn't really have the impact that we thought they would have. Um, I think Brazil would make a lot of sense. Okay. Uh, part of this is I'm just lower on Zay Flowers yeah, than, that's fair. than you and, and then other people as well. So I'm not in love with that pick if they go that way. I'd probably I, be looking at Brazil. I'd also I like be thinking... Like at this point, number 21, you're kind of asking yourself, are Nolan Smith, Miles Murphy, are these guys value at this point to the stage where I know I've got, you know, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. They're expensive. They're old. Mm-hmm. Like, a, or, you know, Mack is. But like at what point do we just start future-proofing this and think about value on, on the edge? Yeah. I, I like Brzee, though. I think Brzee's okay. good pick. Though. Let's do that. Brzee. Baltimore, number 22. This one could be Nolan Smith. He's drafted a Jabo last year. Uh, Brian Branch, if they didn't have Kyle Hamilton playing the slot, would be like feels like a Raven, but uh, right. he's just too redundant in their roles. I mean, Miles Murphy, Nolan Smith, I, I get that they have edge talent that's young in the fold. You, you know, you just drafted Dafe Owe in the first. You just drafted David Ojabo in the second last year, but I don't think that's going to stop a team like Baltimore from adding at that position. Yeah, I mean, they, they also, as much as they had those young guys, like last year, arguably, I mean, half their pass rush was like these ancient from, veterans, yeah, like Houston Justin Houston, JPP. Those guys are presumably getting let mm-hmm. go. Like they, they do still need to add rotation or depth on the edge. So I could definitely see that. They're also, like they're losing some interesting players. They're presumably losing Marcus Peters to free agency. Cornerback all of a sudden is actually kind of a weakness for them unless they restock that. Obviously, wide receiver is always a weakness for Baltimore. And now, I mean, with depending on what happens with Lamar Jackson, but either way, they're going to be moving to a more wide receiver-centric offense. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe they're a team that makes a big splash in free agency or via trade. But if, like, this is the, if their wide receiver lo- room looks the same on night one of the draft as it looks now, you almost can't not draft a wide receiver in the first round, right? Yeah. So who do you, who do you like then? What would you say? I would definitely think those edge rushers are just looking like great value at this point. Um, but, man, it's it's going to be hard. Like, they've put themselves in a position where it's really tough not to draft a wide receiver. Um, I just – I think Zay's too – especially if you're rolling with Lamar Jackson, he's too similar to what just didn't work with Hollywood Brown, right? Yeah, that's the so. thing. You've sort of – the. You, you don't just need a wide receiver, but you kind of need a guy that can mm-hmm. actually be more than the other players you've had. Mm-hmm. And it's tough to see one of them left in this draft that you would be comfortable with in the first round. Like, right. There's some guys maybe you might take a shot at lower, but it's hard to argue one of those round one. I think it's probably one of those edge rushers. Yeah. We go Nolan Smith? Yeah. All right, let's go Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith and his four three nine forty, <laughs> giving them two edge rushers, right? With a four yeah. three, yeah. I mean, you know, three nine, but whatever. That's that's some speed. That be the, fun. The can't be. That has to be the first time that's ever happened. Yes. Multiple edge I, rushers that run. I feel confident saying that. Yeah. Right. Although, wait, they were the Cow- Cowboys are close, right? They had Parsons, and oh, then true. Sam Williams went for four something. Though. Yeah. I don't think he went under. 
but that's, that's yeah. insane speed. Um, Minnesota Vikings on the clock at number 23. I, I think they'd really like Brian Branch. You know, for Brian Flores, coach defense, just because secondary is such a need for them. You have really no one on paper right now that can play the slot for you. Um, and obviously just value-wise, it makes the most sense here. Now, I could see the argument for Zay Flowers as well. Like get a dynamic receiver across from, that kind of just builds out your too deep. Mm-hmm. That receiver gives you two dynamic guys that basically, hey, oh, if you want to put all your safeties over Justin Jefferson, the other side's going to be deep. You know, we, we have speed on the other side to really threaten. So that's a guy I'd like a lot. Uh, yeah. Branch makes a lot of sense. I think anywhere on defense for them mm-hmm. is a pick that would work. Like Miles Murphy would be in play. I think there's, they've got both those guys, Darius Smith and Danelle Hunter. They're both high-priced. My money right now would be that only one of those guys is still on the roster come opening day. So they probably have to replace one of them, even if it doesn't Miles look Murphy. like they need to right now. So I think Murphy's an option. Offensive line, their need is interior rather than on the, at the tackles. So they're, that, mm-hmm. I'm not sure the value matches up there. Um, other options, yeah, they're kind of running low. Like there's, <laughs> there's not a ton of obvious spots. In it. It's really Branch or Murphy, I would say. Mm-hmm. I lean branch for them. All right, let's do that. Let's get them off the board. Jacksonville, pick number 24. All of a sudden, Jags have got some players. They don't have a ton they're, of holes. They're keeping um, their tight end. They're bringing Calvin Ridley back. He got reinstated. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, Trevor Lawrence actually got some toys to play with. Yeah. I, I think where they would be looking if the board felt like this is Broderick Jones. Right. So they're, they're probably losing Juwan Taylor. Probably lose Juwan Taylor. Now, you have Walker Little there developmentally as your developmental backup tackle, but, uh, you know, Balky said we want a team that looks good off the bus. You know, flat <laughs> out said it. You know what? You want an offensive lineman that looks good off the bus? It's Broderick freaking Jones. Yeah. That, that guy is built like Big a fella. like a uh, pro wrestler coming off the bus. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Walker Little misses out simply for not looking the part. You're sorry, Walker, buddy. <laughs> got tough, passed up. That's a tough gig. Broderick. All right. Broderick pick. Jones, tackle out of Georgia. New York Giants, pick number 25. Yeah, I, I don't love the Giants' prospects in this draft at 25 of getting, like, what they need. But I do think the way this board fell, Zay Flowers just, like, almost has to be the pick. Now, he's not probably the guy. He's probably the last one you want of, like, those first-round wide receivers in this class. Yeah. But the separators, you know, Joe, Joe Shane said – we want separators. Flowers is a separator. Wandale's a separator. They're a little redundant in their roles, yeah. possibly. But I think Flowers is much more of an outside wide receiver than Wandale ever was. Yeah, and I also think if there is a if there is a coach that can kind of figure out how to get multiple unconventional offense or unconventional receivers yeah. functioning at the same time in one offense, Dayball is is that guy. Yeah. Like it's mm-hmm. it's anytime you have to try and accommodate multiple players that have more than a slight affinity with gimmick it's mm-hmm. difficult mm-hmm. but if i was going to give it the task to one guy that would be him so it's it's probably as good as you can get um they probably aren't going to grab an edge rusher very high mayor at tight end would make some sense but i think yeah i think zay flowers is okay the spot let's do it Dallas, Dallas, number 26 number 26 
There's no way in hell that this is not Bijan Robinson, right? It's Bijan Robinson. Even though they just put tag. the franchise tag on Tony Pollard, they're going to get rid of Zeke, and Bijan is the guy. I, I think Bijan, yeah. And then Tony Pollard spends his entire lifetime as a complimentary, as back, a complimentary to, back to some workhorse. Uh, all right, Buffalo Bills. Yeah, that's an interesting spot for them. Um, it's starting to get a decent amount of edge rusher value. They still need some edge rushers. Do even they still though... just keep drafting edge rushers? I guess, like until you fix it, you got to keep going, right? Uh, I mean, is Von Miller going to be back and like playing next year? I guess this year. So there's that, and like if he does, does that materially change the output of the other guys that True. didn't step up in his absence? Like, are we? Do we still have confidence that the collection of young guys that they have outside of Von Miller mm-hmm. are going to take that step and you know eventually be able to stand up on their own two feet and, and dominate? Or are we thinking like, okay, Von Miller being back obviously makes a big difference, but like we still need to fix the thing. Like it's the underlying yeah. pressure outside of Von Miller is not going to be great. Um, it really doesn't feel like a great pick here. No, they could also really use offensive line help. Yeah. But do you want to take a gamble on a guy like Dewan Jones, that size? Are you comfortable with the best interior guy like Osiris Torrance? I wouldn't hate an Osiris Torrance here, just kind of saying, hey, we just need a guy right now. Hmm. I wouldn't do it personally. I, I don't love that. But there's not, not too many other great fits here. I They feel like a team – edge rusher is obviously a, a need for them. Hmm. But that offensive line got pretty rough this year. Yeah. And all season long, it felt like too much was on the plate of Josh Allen. Now mm-hmm. it worked. You know, their offense was amazing. Josh Allen led the league in touchdowns, et cetera. But like it did feel like it was too much. And maybe you might want to dial it back and give him just a little bit more protection and help from, you know, everything else. Yeah, my only worry here is pick twenty seven, the two guys that I would draft, Dewan Jones, Osiris Torrance, they they have no positional flexibility. Dewan Jones right. is the right tackle, Osiris Torrance is a guard. They're not moving too many other positions, which isn't the worst thing in the world, but like Ideally, if you're drafting a guy in the first round, you'd want him to be able to wear multiple hats. So they're also very, I mean, they're kind of alike in terms of behemoth offensive linemen, mm-hmm. which it works for some teams, but like you're not, you don't have a lot of flexibility. Forget position, yeah. you don't have a lot of scheme flexibility exactly. either. Like yeah. you're, you're very much pegging yourself into like dominant physical specimen offensive linemen, mm-hmm. which isn't really how the rest of that line is built. Yeah. Like, imagine Osiris Torrance <laughs> lining up next to Mitch Morse. Uh, oh, what's his face? The left tackle's massive. Dion, yeah. yeah Dion no, Hawkins. it's it's yeah. not it's not it's not specifically built the other direction. Mm-hmm. It's just that would be yeah be an interesting choice to plug into that line. I, I like Dewan Jones. Okay, like Dewan Jones. Sir. All right, let's do it. Dewan Jones. Dewan Jones. It is longest wingspan ever measured mm-hmm. at the combine. That means monstrous offensive tackle from Ohio State. That means we got to go right, Michael Mayer to the Bengals. The hometown yes. kid. Dewan Jones, by the way, did you see the simulcast thing? The, I forget what they call that thing, the, where they overlay. Yeah, yeah. He made Mekhi Becton look small. Mekhi Becton is 6'7", 360-something at the Combine, and he looked small. Now, he outran him, but because like, of the way dude. the thing – it looked like Mekhi Becton, a 6'7", 360-pound dude, was like running away, you know, being chased down by this like giant behind him. It was ridiculous looking. All right, mayor to the Bengals. Yeah. Just that's honestly a dream scenario if you're the Bengals. That's like a guy who's – I just think what he brings to the table offensively is kind of perfect. 
for all that they do and just a very reliable option over the middle of the field. Um, Saints now, this feels like where Miles Murphy yeah. should come off the board. They kind of just – they may lose uh, – what's his face in free agency? Marcus Davenport. Marcus Davenport in free agency. They obviously still have Peyton Turner, but they, they continue to invest at that position. And Cameron Jordan is like – you're not relying on him anymore. Right. Getting old. It's it's it. That's he's also he's not an impact. Player. He's quite a Saints type of player as well in that yeah. defensive line. It's the kind of guy that they do target. So yeah, I think that makes a lot Miles of sense. Miles Murphy. Miles Murphy from Clemson. Pick number thirty, Philadelphia. Another bonus pick in the first round, or I guess they're that's their original their pick. pick. Yeah, but <laughs> but they've already used one in the top ten. So where are they mm-hmm. going? I like a couple guys here. Mm-hmm. I either like Emmanuel Forbes. The Mississippi State corner, because obviously I think you're losing James Bradbury right. this offseason. Or I like Josh Downs, North Carolina wide receiver. Because, again, just three deep, that's untouchable. He is the second-best slot corner in the slot wide receiver, excuse me, in this class after JSN tested out really well. I feel really good about him as a slot. So that was where my head's at with those two. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Definitely wide receiver. I know that you know they're obviously in really good shape with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, but you can never f- overstock at wide receiver if you find a third option. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if they like they kind of future-proof the defensive line with their first pick. I wonder if they want to try and do the same thing on the offensive line with the next one. That's something they've had a tendency to do yeah. over the last few years. They're probably losing, say, Amalu um, to free agency, okay. even if they – you know, even if they plug in somebody else as the Jack starter, Driscoll. yeah, right. Even if it's Driscoll or whatever as a starter, you you know, you probably want a future option somewhere early in this draft. Uh, yeah, I could see Osiris Torrance here. I, I don't, I don't hate that at all. Actually, that would be kind of fun. Do we go? You want to go Torrance? Yeah, let's go Torrance. Right. Osiris Torrance, guard from Florida. What is he? Three hundred and forty-seven pounds. Came in like three thirties of the combine, but okay. yeah, he's a big boy. Yeah, he ain't getting so much too much smaller than that. So last pick of the first round. Kansas City Chiefs, pick number 31, because there's only 31 picks this year. Uh, where are they going? Oh, man. I I think Edge is like there's some value here. So they just released Frank here. Clark, right? Just released Frank Clark. Which makes sense. I, I think of their type, so Steve Spagnuolo, bigger, bigger edges. Yeah, Will McDonald, they're not drafting. Right, 240, I don't think it's happening. B.J. Ojolari, you know, he came in like 248, 250 at the Combine, but that's – I just don't think he's their type of edge. I think of anyone on the board here, Felix and D.K. Uzama. I kind of like him. I think is where I'd go, yeah. Not only has he got, you know, good tape, good production, um, the stuff he was saying at the – like he demonstrates intelligence mm-hmm. and a plan. He understands what he's doing. Like he actually has an, a game plan and an approach to rushing the passer, which – whether or not everybody does, you very rarely hear it articulated. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was interesting. Like he literally sort of set out how he goes about starting a game, like trying to figure out, okay, I'm going to hit the guy with the first thing that I know I'm good at and then figure out where we can go from there. I think that would, that would be a fascinating pick for them. Like they yeah. have a needed edge rusher, even if George Karloftis takes a big jump in year two. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the guy that I would have a lot of confidence in. Let's do it. The other one I was thinking of that I've put to them a few times is Luke Musgrave, just as like a developmental tight end. Right. And a speed, like a vertical tight end that can win downfield, that can like still play a role while Kelsey is still, you know, 
kicking. Yeah. Like at some point you need to think about what that looks like, like beyond Kelsey, mm -hmm. even if you're not, even you're, it's, it's probably a dumb thing to try and find like the next Kelsey to be, to replace Kelsey, but whatever that looks like in a world post Kelsey, you need to have options, right? And if that option is a different type of tight end, that's still a good thing. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think uh, the Kansas state edge rusher is the pick. Boom. Done. There's our first round. 31 picks. 31 picks. Uh, what do we have? Two trades um, and a bunch of bonus drafts because of all the teams picking in the first round. And then, obviously, we also got rid of uh, Aaron Rodgers and stuck it to him with two two first-round uh, weapons for Jordan Love to play with. So there we I go. Would, uh, I would be a happy man, let's just say, on draft day. That would, for the first time, as an I think, owner? ever as a Packers fan <laughs> since I started doing like actual draft analysis – or I would agree with their first round picks. Well, this is like this is the draft that everybody's been wanting them to have for like the last God yes. knows how many years. Yes, five, six years at least. Um, yeah. So for them to come out of that, that would be that would be pretty good going. Mm-hmm. Um, so look, let us know in the chat. Let us know uh, over email how you think our our draft picks. Don't went. email me. You can email. Somebody. No, no. Email yeah. Mike. Email Mike as well. But NFLpodcast at pff.com is the podcast email address. I'll be sure to forward them all to Mike so that he knows how you felt about his draft picks. Mike, appreciate you standing in for uh, Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. I believe Steve will be back on his show on Wednesday tomorrow, but uh, we'll see. We'll see if he makes it back to Cincinnati. Um, that's been it for us for our, our mock draft post combine. We'll have more content the rest of the week. And uh, Mike will be back at some point. Yeah, Take it easy, guys. Point.